Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
So I think um, as best as I know it, this idea originated about one week after um, the the untimely death of George Floyd. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was initially set for the, um, to demonstrate the buying power of the black community um, holistically, just the black community. Mm -hmm. Because of the outrage that was sparked around all um, that we've endured in this last few weeks, um, whether it's George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Elijah McClain, um, all the things that have come, um, Rashard Brooks, that have happened, um, it actually became a opportunity for our allies to participate as well. So what you see today is um, what grew out of Blackout Day initially being no spending of any dollars with any business um, has mm-hmm. now morphed into no spending of any dollars only with black-owned businesses. And that is not just okay. by the black community, but all of those who are willing and wanting to participate as well. So I don't know how the measure of this day is going to occur. I'd love to see it. Um, I guess I would say I have passively participated because I have not made a purchase in the last five days from any um, <laughs> any business. And unfortunately, okay. um, I would say unfortunately, I don't, where I live, there are not a lot of black-owned businesses Um that mm-hmm. I would buy from today anyway. So that's part of the challenge. So I'm looking at some opportunities online. I'm hoping to make some purchases by the end of the day um, online. Okay. But one of the challenges to this has been what are um, being able to identify black-owned businesses mm-hmm. and not just black-fronted businesses. So I think as they move to their next opportunity, Blackout Day, for me, I personally felt like a Tuesday is a slow, I'll just tell you this, Tuesday and Wednesday are slow retail days in general. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not mm-hmm. days that we spend a significant amount of dollars. Fundamentally, this would have been a, uh, I think this would be a better showing had it, had it been on a significant spending day, which traditionally yes. are Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays are significant days. Or if you were to take even bigger days like, let's say, Black Friday in November, and that might be the next likely target. Um, Those are days that will monumentally set the tone and tenor of, yeah, there Mm -hmm. is $300 trillion of black buying power in the black community. And we need to respect that because the majority of that is being spent outside of the community. Yes. Yes, I agree. I I was um, I think it's a great idea, but I think and and I'm sure it's going to be successful. So let me start off by saying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it probably would have had more light um, if it would have taken place earlier when there were a a number of people, and I know people are still protesting, but one of the things that um, I spoke with uh, a few people, quite a few people earlier, 
when all of these mm-hmm. these conversations started to take place, and I said, if we're going to do it, we should do it now. Because we know, those of us who know just a little bit about PR and marketing and the media, you know, you you have to catch them while it's interesting and while while it is uh, relevant to them mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of the media, you know, and, yep. and their numbers. Right now, mm-hmm. it, it's relevant, but it's it's on the fringe. It's on the edges of this thing now when... Yeah, I think we would have made a bigger impact and people would have felt it more because then you also had more people. Now I think it's kind of unfortunately like COVID, people are kind of over it. And I'm not saying COVID is done, but, you know, at mm-hmm. some point people said, forget it. Um, I don't care, you know, about wearing mm-hmm. a mask and all of these other dynamics that are happening because it's been going on so long. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. we see the results of that. But with this in particular, I'm praying that it works and that we can um, put a value on it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not mm-hmm. sure where those numbers will end up coming from because some mm-hmm. African-American-owned businesses may not be uh, kind of, quote, unquote, officially registered, you know, so that they can do the dynamics and the numbers on it. So mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping, like you said, that the next step is a, a significant day on a Friday, Saturday, or a Sunday, you know, and maybe not Sunday, but certainly Friday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, you know, count those mm-hmm. days and utilize those days because by Tuesday, and this is right after the 4th, I don't know how many people are, are going to spend anyway. Exactly. And so I don't know if they did it to, I mean, there will be a material impact. We'll just see how large it may or may not be, but it will, there will be one for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think to your point, it is um, after, excuse me, it is after um, this, um, you know, after a weekend where spending likely was very high um, because Mm -hmm. of, it's the holiday weekend, typically higher than most weekends. Um, and not only that, it's also the first weekend of the month, which means that there were, you know, um, Social Security checks and other um, benefits that were coming into homes on the first through the third of the month that obviously um, would be spent even now. So I think there's a lot, um, just a lot to couch in that in that whole experience there. So so let's go a little bit deeper because some people will say, okay, that's, that's great. You all did this one day thing <laughs> or what have you, or, you know, now let, let's talk to the audience about why is this important? Why, why should anybody participate? What is, is this just another, you know, political stunt? What is, what is this mm-hmm. about? Because, you know, we we can have blackout. Remember, you know, people may come up and say, well, there was a blackout date when everybody put that blackout Tuesday or whatever signage on their Instagram and all of that kind of stuff. So it can mm-hmm. be kind of confusing with the naming and all of that. But let's look sure. at the layers of why this is important. 
Yeah, I think it's in, it's it's vitally important because there are actually businesses. Um, there's businesses. There's networks. There's social media platforms that are built on the spending habits and the um, spending mm-hmm. habits, not just from a financial perspective, but also from a time perspective. Time is also a currency um, that are built on the habits of black people. Um, Mm -hmm. I will give you the Fox Network. Um, When it was 21 Jump Street and all the ridiculous programming that no one was watching but African Americans 18 to 34, and now you look at Mm -hmm. the Fox Network now. Um, The same thing happened with UPN, WB. We could talk about this all day. If you look at Movies, for example, the movie industry, African-Americans go to more movies than any other ethnic group in a given year, actually seven times more frequently than any other ethnic group. Um, if you think about taking that, that segment away, what exactly would that do to the movie industry? Mm. So that's the intent to show the power. If you take away, if you take away the spending with, excuse me, large corporations of a specific segment, how can you identify and nurture and say, hey, this segment is contributing to your success, yet you're not investing mm-hmm. in that community, whether it's their community projects, whether it's employing individuals from that community, whether it's diversifying your staff, diversifying your product offerings. There's a lot you can unpack that as to why this is important. So Does do that you feel sense? that the black dollar is even respected? Because the facts of everything that you just said make sense. Right, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. on this other side, is that respected? I mean, we can talk about trillions of dollars of the black dollar, and let's just say nobody spends today on anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who owns the business, what type of business. Just we just decide not to spend any money today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so do you think the black dollar is respected, or they they? Or is there an automatic notion that, oh, you'll be back? I don't think it's respected. I think it's expected, Yeah. okay, because mm-hmm. of the way that our communities are built, um, where we have food deserts, right, where we have lack yeah. of access to healthy and affordable food. So um, me not spending money in a community that has no grocery store but five McDonald's and three Popeye's and everything that is going to put me in an early grade, me not spending with them today doesn't mean I'm not going to spend with them tomorrow because my options are limited, and that's part Mm. of the problem. So it depends on the segment and the sector, I would say, that we are having this discussion around, quite frankly, and a lot of it does start begin and end with consumable goods, whether it's food or shampoo or detergent, things of that magnitude, Um, Mm -hmm. if we don't have access to it or we have very limited access to or or I should say choices in where we can spend our dollars, then it's going to become that your dollars are expected because you have limited choices. 
Okay, so how how do we fix that? <laughs> how so do we the fix way that the fact you fix that, that we is have that we deserts and yeah, I think we move from this conversation of um, you know people making pledges to put 15% of the products in their stores um, are going to be Mm -hmm. black owned and things of that magnitude. I think that we are now needing to move to the phase of talking to grocers and discount retailers about actually building, um, you know, building locations that service our communities and not, um, and not, giving in to the rhetoric of crime infestation or all these other um, stereotypical things that come up when you ask them to build in the African-American communities when they've got a store that's five or ten miles outside of that community that is thriving primarily because of the number of black individuals going into that store. So So I think that it becomes... Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Go ahead. No, you were going to say. So we have this situation, okay? Yep. Where we're we're saying, okay, we're go- we're going to do blackout. We want you to respect our dollar. We want you to yep. um, understand that, and this is within the community that there are food deserts, that there are, you know, sometimes we have to go a little bit further to get fresh food because sometimes mm-hmm. you can have enough grocery stores within your community and they don't look the same. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go to a, a I'm not going to name the names, but you can go to a certain grocery store in certain areas and it smells when you walk in, but you go yep. to that. 10 miles down the road and it's all beautiful and lighted perfectly or Mm -hmm. lit perfectly and everything. So how do, what is the ask here, you know, and what is the expectation of us when we say, okay, we're going to do a blackout for one day because I don't know Mm -hmm. if, and, and I'm not knocking this. I think it's great, but I'm just asking the question. So mm-hmm. if we do this for one day, what will be the financial impact on a corporation long term? Because you didn't come to me today, but I know mm-hmm. you're going to need milk by Friday. So I, mm-hmm. I missed your dollar that day, but, you know, do, do we have an ask here? Can we ask something if it's a one-day thing or, you know, the bus boycott, 381 days, I do believe. So so there mm-hmm. was a, a significant leverage there to say we have an ask. We don't want to sit in the back. We're not asking for, you know, a discount. We, we just want to be able to get on the bus and sit wherever we want mm-hmm. to sit. And I'm simplifying it because I know it's deeper than that. But mm-hmm. what is our ask when it's a one-day situation? Yeah, I think that the ask is, and, and again, it could be materially impactful if it impacts all segments because that means you're you're mm-hmm. showing the growth potential and that you've able to stymie that growth potential. And that's why I'm saying that the best way to make this be felt 
and not just a, oh, we had a bad recall day because that's what it's going to be chalked up to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the best way for it to be so is to when there is an expectation that you are going to spend dollars <laughs> and that expectation is significantly met with resistance, meaning that we're not going to. And that's going to be on a big retail day, whether that's the, of the month, which is a big retail mm-hmm. day in part because, um, or the 30th or the 31st, if the first falls on the weekend, that becomes a challenge. Um, but yes. that's where you're going to see it. You're not going to see it um, in the way that you'd like to see it, very clear and, you know, focused. If we did this for, let's say, a week. We bought nothing for a week. Would it be felt? Yeah, it actually would be because you would show the right. growth. Just like we we had the shutdown, right, for the pandemic. When you started mm-hmm. to see sheltering in place, you started to see the growth and the economy slow down within five days of the actual start of the shelter in place. Wow. Okay. So it. I don't know, one, I'll be candid with you and say, in my humble opinion, when I looked at this, oh, this, is a good, this is a good way to start, but it feels like a training, training wheels protest <laughs> in many ways. It's like, let me choose an easy day after the holiday, and people have decided to buy on the 6th, and they're going to buy on the 8th, or they've bought on the 4th and the 5th. So they've already pulled those sales ahead to those days. It'll just balance out their week. Yes. So that's the thing that we have to think about when we're building out. It all sounds good in premise and, you know, it all sounds good on paper. And then when you look at it Mm -hmm. in action and whether it's going to be materially impactful, that's where the conversation needs to happen. Right. Because you, you, you may get what we've, gotten so far um, through, what, well, mainly what we've gotten so far through these protests and everything is, you know, symbolic, symbolic yeah. support, symbolic painting on the ground and all of these other things where, okay, we have to make a significant impact if we're going to have economic sanctions, then let's have an economic mm-hmm. sanction. Let's make a, 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 a impact where I want you to feel it the next day. I, I don't want you yes. to have to think about this. I want this to be so easy for you that you're ready to say, you know what, let's sit down and let's discuss, like you were talking <laughs> about, the, the consumable goods, those things that we pretty much need right away and in the communities that need them, mm-hmm. better grocery mm-hmm. stores, better things mm-hmm. um, for us because, some might say, well, that's their private business. They don't have to do A, B, C, and D. But if you want us to shop at your store, we we notice the difference. We notice that in certain neighborhoods, the stores mm-hmm. are better. Or let, yep. let me say cleaner <laughs> and fresher food yep. uh, compared to other stores. And then mm-hmm. they shut down. And unfortunately, that store, which is already substandard, is shut down and now people have to ride the bus or what have you just to go and get the essentials, just regular stuff. Yeah. So it, it's, but it's something part of it where we too, have. I to, will say is not. 
the mm-hmm. the other part I will say too is not just the retailer who is not wanting to build in your community because that's not always the case. Um, I will tell mm-hmm. you during during my time with Walmart, there were several food deserts that we attempted to build in in Chicago and in um, New York and um, Detroit, and a lot of that had that the, a lot of the pushback wasn't from the community at large. It was from the local government. So I would definitely say that the local government plays a role in whether or not they will permit, um, you know, the development Mm -hmm. of a big box store or even a local grocer or even a neighborhood market. Um, Those types of things have to cease as well because you have local governments putting chokeholds on communities because of their mm-hmm. own desire to profit or to to make sure that this community does not thrive in many ways um, because of things that just don't work for the community but work for them. Yes. And first let me say thank you so much for bringing up that point because I think that's a hidden, you know, that's a secret that most people are not aware of. Um, mm-hmm. there is a community here, um, in the Woodlands and the Woodlands is a really nice community in, in Houston. It's been voted, I think one of the safest communities, one of the best communities to live in and all of that in Texas. So mm-hmm. at one point, uh, Walmart wanted to build in the Woodlands and the Woodlands is not known for a Walmart per se. Let me just put it like that. There's nothing wrong with Walmart. Let me be clear, Mm -hmm. but they did not want a Walmart in their community because they felt as if you know what this is going to bring to our community, essentially. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so somehow they were able to broker this deal to have the Walmart, but the Walmart couldn't look like the other Walmart. They had to have the different <laughs> signage and all of that. And they, yeah. most of the Walmarts that I am aware of have like a McDonald's or something in the inside. No. This one had a Chibani. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> it is now closed, but <laughs> when they opened that, the, um, you know, dining establishment that they had. They did not have a McDonald's. So they wanted to make sure their reception um, Mm. of this Walmart in order for them to accept it. So I think, like you said, there's there's this other side, the governmental side, that, that kind of, you know, doesn't allow for a community to thrive at times as well. Mm hmm So blackout so it's, it's just like when you look at, um, you know, the, the rise of dollar stores, Dollar Tree and Dollar General, mm-hmm. and where they went and moved into communities and started to cater to those communities um, by not forcing them to buy 12 rolls of toilet paper at one time, knowing that they don't have the money to do that. So they only mm-hmm. offer four rolls at one time. So they are catering to the audience based on the economic situation in that community, and that's why you see four and five dollar trees, um, mm-hmm. you know, in a community that are two to five miles apart from each other, 
And you're like, why it's is there true. so many Dollar Trees here? It's because they have figured out how to infiltrate or to come into those communities and serve them in a way that works for those communities. And I, I applaud them right. for that because they are making it work. And you know what? If they ever figure out how to do fresh food and to do it in a way that is sustainable, it could be a game changer for the likes of a Walmart or a Kroger or any of these other stores who are not willing to consider smaller formats to get into communities or those that yes. are not willing to just even build in these communities. Yeah. Well, I I personally would hope that they would figure out a format to have a clean store, but that's just <laughs> But then again, these are things, here's what I would say. If you live in a community that there is a cleanliness issue and that is not an independently owned store, that there is a corporate headquarters for that store, I implore that you reach out to that corporate headquarters and you consider boycotting that particular facility because there is absolutely no reason, no rhyme, no reason whatsoever for that facility to be in any way, to smell in any way, and we don't have to accept that. Exactly. Shut exactly. them down. And, 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 and there's ways that you can make that work. We can get local busing to take you to another nearby store for two weeks and let them see how that feels. Um, if you mm-hmm. are having that situation, I am willing to help with that because you should not have to be concerned about cleanliness. You should not be concerned about whether or not you're being sold product that has been spoiled or sitting somewhere where it would be spoiled and are a detriment to your health. You don't need to worry about any of those things when you are shopping in your own community. Yes, exactly. Okay, you sound like you're ready, Janessa. I like that. I like it. <laughs> No, I'm serious. I can't stand that. When people tell me they walk into they walk into places and they smell, you know, it smells like rancid meat. Or um, I've seen some posts on Facebook where you can see the dates been changed on meat and meat turning three different colors and all this other stuff is going on. That is not acceptable. It is truly, truly not acceptable in any way, shape, or form. And we don't have to accept it. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what I mean by so many layers to this because Blackout Mm -hmm. 2020 is not just an economic impact. We need to see these businesses evolve that are in our communities, you know, that are already there doing business. We shouldn't have to, you know, go 15 minutes, 20 minutes away just to go to a clean store, which Mm -hmm. I, I have to be honest, which is what I do. Um, instead of going to certain stores that I know, you know, you guys don't clean the parking lot, you, it's dingy, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just it's a whole other, you know, experience where yeah. it just bothers me, it exhausts me. So I just say, you know, I'll just take the 15 minutes and go a little bit further so I don't have to deal with it. I can get in, get out, everything is clean, it's organized. But that's how my brain works, so, you know, I'll do it like that. But now but I would, what I would say to you, though, mm-hmm. now now is the time, though, to 
to call those individuals out and to make a concerted effort to move them mm-hmm. along. Now, again, it goes back to, you know, who do they answer to? I would call health inspectors as well. Um, you shouldn't smell rancid yeah. meat when you come into um, a facility, and you should call the health inspector. Um, and, and don't feel bad if they get shut down because guess what? That's okay because people could be dying from whatever is, smelling in this store we just don't know right. so it's, it's exactly. not about that and it's not about um, we don't have to accept just what they're willing to give us and that's mm. something we have to as a people determine that we're not going to do we don't we we don't have to listen I don't have I can choose to spend my money where I want to spend my money there's no place that says I have to spend my money here. But if you feel like you're held hostage because there's nothing else around you, that's very different. That is very mm-hmm. different. And I think for a lot of people, it is. It, it they the bus mm-hmm. or however they you know travel may not go in that direction, or they may not have you know uh, funds to get to another store with Uber and all of these other different dynamics. You know, so again, mm-hmm. with Blackout 2020, it, it the economic impact is number one. But then we have to start peeling back the layers and saying, okay, so uh, what is our ask? This is what we're asking for. Yeah. You know, we, we mm-hmm. want A, B, C, and D because we know mm-hmm. economically we we can show an impact. But with the yep. bus boycott, there was an ask. You know, they were clear on this is what we want right here, you know, and that's what we we certainly, as we continue Blackout 2020, we we certainly have to look towards, okay, this was was the great first step because we have to take the first step. But now what are we asking for? Yes. Um, And I think that you're right. There, this was a... You know, to show a show of force is just what that is. It's not, it's intended to put someone on notice. And if that was the case mm-hmm. of what was happening here, um, I'm good with that. But I think that, as you said, there has to be some concerted goals here. Just like, um, you know, I'm working on a, um, I'm working on this. <sighs> Um, you have these retailers who have um, said they are going to allot 15% of their shelf space. Um, and their correlation, by the way, is that African-American community accounts for about 15% of the U.S. population, so that they are going to match that in terms of product space or shelf space. What I know okay. can happen, <laughs> um, there's a couple of things that could happen with this. Six months can go by, and there's been no movement made on this project that they or this um, commitment, if you will. And I've seen it happen where there's been this commitment thrown out to communities that we're going to bring in, you know, regionally, regional and local black-owned products into our store, and then suddenly it's like, well, we can't find the right, we can't find them. 
we don't know where they are or they don't right. have the product that we need. Like there's always a battery of excuses as to why this can't happen. And so I think we need to remove those barriers. And when people are saying they're going to do something, um, we need to hold them accountable. So we as um Black-owned businesses and Black-owned products, we need to look at what is the criteria to get into their stores. Yeah, if it requires that your product is produced in a commercial kitchen, guess what? That's what it requires, so we need to move towards that. If it requires that Mm -hmm. your product meets certain standards, whether it's FDA, local standards, et cetera, then it needs to happen that way. We don't need to be set up for surprises in which we don't know those surprises will stop this from moving forward. Yes. So, so instead so in of order asking for you, someone, mm-hmm. in order Go for ahead. someone to participate in that, um, many people, and not just African Americans, but many people don't know the steps. It's it's they kind of know where okay. to Right, there's a store, but I don't know mm-hmm. where the store is. You know, so how how yeah. do they get to that point where they can say, okay, um, they ask for A, B, C, and D. How how can they find Mm -hmm. out what their ask is in order to be a part of the 15%? And that's part of the challenge. That's what I was mentioning, that I don't think that there is um, a clear direction of where, Mm. what's the next step for the, the multiple pledges that have been made in 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 social through social media through blackout through blackout Tuesday, which is a different um, different, um, but it was intended to show the um, to show economic impact as well. But we have to actually build the infrastructure or the strategy or the plans in order to make those things a reality. Because mm-hmm. guess what? If Sephora thought it was lucrative for them to do it before, just like they've done multi-million dollar deals with um, Rihanna um, as well as with Pat McGrath, um, who mm-hmm. are both African-American women in their own right, um, just like they went out their way to seek those women to have their products in their store, they have the wherewithal to seek out other minorities. It's whether they want to do so. Okay. So what what we so we have, we have to, to do is find out right, but we have to find out where is the room, where's the door, what is, is there more or less a, instead like of inviting say, me to the table, we have to recreate the table with them. Because guess what? They're never gonna and it's like mm. I want a seat at the table. I really don't want a seat at the table. I want you to rebuild the table. We need to go find another table to sit yeah. at because this is not an equitable table. And I think that's what Bernice King said recently, that we're not asking for a seat at your table. We're asking to build the table together so that we both have Mm. a stake in what we're doing. Okay. And see, I I don't want the table. I don't want the seat. (laughs) I want the building and the land. Where the table and the seat are located, I I want that part. You can have the table yeah. because if it's in my building and on my land, you know, I'm getting mm-hmm. something out of that. 
So, but I understand what you're saying. So yeah. I think we have to, I like what you said, because now that changes the dynamic. We have to think differently because we've been taught so long. Well, I want to sit at the table. I want to sit at no. No, no, because even when mm-hmm. we have a seat at the table, it does not mean we have any power. And that's what people mm-hmm. forget. You can be in the room and still lack power. Or you, and I'm sure exactly. this has happened to you probably a million times, where you come up with the greatest idea. And then when mm-hmm. Tom says it, it's the best idea ever. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you're sitting there like, wait, didn't I just? Okay, I know I, I just, just said, said that, that, but you so, had a seat yeah. at the table. So that yeah. that's that's the thing that I love. It's the changing changing the thought process of the seat mm-hmm. into okay, you, you're going to recreate this table. We're going to recreate these chairs. We're going to work together to do this, but mm-hmm. we have to come up with our portion. And yep. if you can give people some um, words of wisdom in terms of, you know, people are seeking out opportunities and all of that. And with your retail experience, you know, and being at a major corporation, what are some of the things that they can, you know, to prepare themselves? Because in the next six months to a year, all of this may be gone, these quote-unquote opportunities um, that people have been putting out there may have been forgotten by then. Yeah, so what I would say to that is the first place you can start is with the Internet, and you can start there and go into, if they are a publicly traded company, you can go into their um, investor relations website um, or web pages. And within that investors relations website or web pages, they will talk about the diversity, um, diversity and the diversification of suppliers. And that's a starting point mm-hmm. for you to determine what exactly are they looking for, um, like what are the minimum rules of engagement in order to get you into um, their stores, whether it's you having mm-hmm. a patent on your product, whether it's you having full legal ownership of your product, whether it's you being able to produce um, 20, 20 um 20 items per store um, for a minimum of 100 stores, that type of information will be listed there as well as who to contact in order to become a supplier. Um, Mm. I would start there and look, you know, to make sure that you are meeting the specifications that they've outlined that are there for not just you but for everyone. Um, And I would start there first. Um, the second thing I would do is seek out those companies who have um, made public pledges because they have to set up an infrastructure in order to make this happen. So Sephora, they have to set up a, a actual accounting and an accountability process of how they're evaluating mm-hmm. um, black-owned um, products that they want to put in their stores. So they've made that public pledge, so they have to create and identify a process that would allow you to participate in that process. Now, do you, do you feel as if the window of opportunity is closing 
as no, it's not goes closed on at and the all. media goes away? No? Okay. Um, no, I think that as long as the tweet lives, <laughs> as long as the gram lives, and as long <laughs> as the Facebook post is out there, sugar, it is valid. Um, I can okay. come a year from now, and unless they can prove and show me that they have, hey, I'm sorry, Janessa, putting you on here is going to be 20, make us at 20%. We already got our 15%. I want them to show me where the 15% is. And that is something we can ask. We can't demand, but we can definitely ask because, again, we can choose to spend our dollars elsewhere. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you have certainly um, given some awesome advice because a, a lot of people, and I know there are, and again, this is this is beyond race, actually. A lot of people don't know where to start in order to take the next step. They may have like a home-based business, and there's nothing wrong with that, but they may have there a desire a- to take it to the next level, and they are not sure, you know, where, where do I manufacture these? You know, right now I'm doing it at home, and, you know, that type of situation, but maybe I need a printing press, or maybe I need something bigger, a manufacturing facility, you know, but yeah. a lot of people and are not familiar with where to start in all of that. The supply and it chain. Is, there and are that. there are commercial kitchens that rent space for um, just for these types of businesses that you can um, get access to in your local communities. If you live in a, I would mm-hmm. I would just say if you live mostly in nearby a major city, there are commercial kitchens. Um, if you have a plethora of food trucks in your in your city, um, you can ask those food truck drivers where are the commercial kitchens because many of them will know because many of them have to prep at commercial kitchens. Um, It's required Mm. depending on the city and the licensing. So you can definitely ask those questions. Um, You don't have to own a facility in order to produce product that is shelf-worthy in a retailer. You can go to a commercial kitchen or another type of manufacturing facility and produce your product over a short period of days, it doesn't require you to to just say, well, I'm a home-based business, I'm not going to be able to do it. You have to find that commercial grade that will make it retail acceptable. Uh, there, There is a place here in Houston uh, called Baker Ripley. If you're not following mm-hmm. it on uh, Twitter, follow it on Twitter. They provide okay. commercial kitchens and things of that nature. Um, whether you're in technology, they they have a um, Houston Fab Lab. It's F A B L A B, and you you are able to go in there and build whatever you want, from a robot <laughs> to a wooden chair. You know they have all mm-hmm. of the things that you you need in order to do that. So that's along the lines of what you're talking about, seeking out those spaces where you can do what you need to do in order to qualify to take your business to the next level. Exactly. You know, so I, I think some of these things that that are, you know, Baker Ripley, I know about it, and I told everybody in my community about it that I know, but, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are not familiar with it. And the mm-hmm. fab labs are really all over the world, and those are some things that people can utilize as well. So I'm hoping that our listeners will take heed and, again, follow Baker Ripley 
on Twitter. You mm-hmm. can find out more information about them. They do a lot of different things, but that's one of the things that I know they help small businesses and with that commercial kitchen that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Okay, yeah. so so before we go, before I let you go, Miss <laughs> Chinessa, um, so now that Blackout 2020, it's, you know, six, five, six hours away from ending, uh, what do yeah. you feel will be the results in the morning or by next week when we were able to see what's happening? And what are your hopes? My hopes are that that someone will be able to quantify the impact of having the day in a a way that it is materially impactful to the the general economy, but also demonstrate that it was um, also impactful in a positive way to black-owned businesses, primarily restaurants, restaurants. you know, services that we would have to to take part in today um, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that is my hope. But I also hope coming out of it that there are some real conversations about um, not just expecting our dollars but respecting our dollars mm-hmm. and respecting the fact that I don't have to spend my money with you and and that is at the core of all of this at the end of the day, that you are going to work to earn my dollars just like you work to earn everyone else's and not take my dollars for granted. Well, we are going to end on that note because that's certainly a tweet and a Facebook post and <laughs> every <laughs> other avenue of social media for me. I absolutely love that respect our dollars, and that's really what it's all about um, at the end of the day because then it goes beyond that first layer of the economic mm-hmm. impact, and then it, we, we have those conversations about what's this and what's that. So um, I want to thank you, as always, for an awesome show. We'll let uh, Darrell know that uh, he missed his <laughs> first song. You know. Yes, he did. <laughs> Yes. You know, I knew somebody was not going to be here So uh, <laughs> with these choices. But um, I certainly want to thank you so much, as always, for being the yep. host of Beyond Words right here on your 15 Minutes Radio Network. All Have right. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.
Interested in advertising? Advertise today on the number one online radio network for entrepreneurs, your 15 minutes radio network. Contact us at advertise at your 15 minutes radio.com. Once again, once again, once again, you're tuned in live to your 15 minutes radio network beyond words with Janessa White and Darrell Douglas. We want to thank you guys, as always, for tuning in to Beyond Words every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Continue to tune in. Continue to call in. Thank you to uh, those who live in France. We we noticed there is a, a great deal of you who are listening. And all over the U.S., thank you guys so much as well for tuning in every week to hear dynamic conversations with Janessa and Darrell. It's always something unexpected, but it's always insightful uh, every time. So, again, we want to certainly thank you guys for supporting the show and for listening, and we will see you next week on the other side of the microphone right here on your 15 Minutes Radio Network. Have a good night.